Welcome to the Later in Life Planning Show with Patrick Colley, brought to you by Keystone Elder Law, right here on News Radio WHP 580. Now, here's your host, Patrick Colley. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Later in Life Planning Show. I am Patrick Colley. I'm the owner of Keystone Elder Law, where our mission is to shield the middle class from the costs and the challenges of getting older. We usually do that by anticipating specific and predictable threats, and we try to address those threats using estate planning tools most of the time, maybe the power of attorney, a will, certain kinds of trusts. Sometimes we're using Medicaid law if if skilled nursing care comes into the picture, but the goal is to shield the family from both emotional and financial costs and challenges. If you're interested in what you're hearing today, check out previous episodes of the show. You can find those in the podcast menu in the upper left-hand corner at whp580.com, or if you have the iHeart app or Apple Podcasts app, Spotify, and so forth on your phone, you can find previous episodes of the show there as well. I'd also invite you to check out keystoneelderlaw.com. Using the workshops tab, you can register for a free workshop where we go over various topics uh, relevant to what we're talking about on this show. We do it pretty much once a week. The next one is April 12th, and we will be covering middle-class estate planning and asset protection. Estate planning is an important part of what we do as the foundation for later-in-life planning, but frequently we find ourselves speaking with families about the levels of care and resources available to support a loved one whose health no longer allows for the same level of complete independence. Or we're speaking to people who are no longer willing or able to maintain their homes, and they want to live in a community, and they're looking at their options. Adult children, after all, do not always live locally to support their parents, or even if they do, uh, having families of their own or busy careers can make it difficult for adult children to provide the constant support and care that their parent may might need. Having an established and trustworthy community for support and care is a real blessing. Just very recently, I, I had the chance to uh, attend a show by the legendary comedian Louis Black, and he sort of took a, a somber note halfway through you know, of a very, very funny set, and he was talking about his parents who lived to about the age of 104, and of course he's all over the country and probably in other countries doing his comedy routine. So, you know, he wants to be there for his aging parents. His, you know, they're over 100, but he wants to have all the time he can with them, but he has to make a living. And he you could tell he was getting a little choked up when he talked about the caregivers in the uh retirement community where his parents lived. And in fact, he had the lights come up in the theater And he said, I want you all to stand, and he called on particular people, and it was the caregivers from the community. His mother had just died, and he wanted to recognize them publicly, and these people got a huge theater uh, round of applause for all of the care that they had given to Louis Black's parents. That's the impact that caregivers in a a community can have on a family. Now, most of you listening in the uh, WHP 580 listening area have heard of Country Meadows Retirement Communities. And depending on where you live, you may be familiar with Providence Place Senior Living. These are family-owned businesses, and that family is the Leader family. My guest today is Michael Leader. Michael has seen the evolution of this industry of caregiving. He's going to give us a much clearer picture of what these communities provide and how they have that impact 
that I just described on a family. He'll also talk about some questions that people ought to be asking about uh, these kinds of communities when the time comes. Michael Leader, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your wisdom and experience on the Later in Life Planning Show. Thank you very much, Patrick, for having me as a guest. I'm thrilled to be here and to talk about something I've been doing for over 40 years, uh, serving as a uh, uh, an owner and a uh, an executive of senior care communities. And I'm sure you have so many insights to share, probably more than you can remember today, but this is going to be a, a fascinating uh, look at, at the kind of work that is really, um, it's in the family for you. It's personal. And this is an industry where the name on the building seems to change from time to time, depending on the community you might be driving past. And maybe it doesn't happen as often as it, as it seems to with banks, uh, but it happens a lot at various places that provide care to older people. Uh, but not so much with Country Meadows. Your father, who was Pennsylvania Governor George Leader, started Country Meadows, and then you took it over, and it's still very much a family operation, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, it's been a family operation ever since uh, Country Meadows um, began, in 19, about, about 35 years ago, in the mid-1980s. And so, for and, and I, as I recall, for the first, I don't know, 20 years or so, or for, for a number of years, you were more into skilled care, which is yes. a different ballgame than what Country Meadows is doing today. Can you describe some of that history? Yes, I'd be happy to give you some history. My, my parents grew up in uh, York County. My dad was uh, grew up in rural York County, and he was uh, surrounded by grandparents as they aged. And I, so he was, he was familiar with some of the issues facing older people just from that experience. But uh, when he first got in po- involved in politics as well, he was he told me he visited you know, the county home in York, uh, Pleasant View, and some of the early nursing homes and so forth. And he became aware that there was a real uh, dearth of, of good programs for the seniors. And all, already at that time, uh, in the 1950s, uh, Pennsylvania was uh, one of the older states in, in the nation. And um, so when he became governor, uh, he... One of his priorities was to establish uh, something better for seniors, and they he began uh, an organization or a state agency called the Bureau of Aging Services, which later on grew into what we have now, the Department of Aging. And the role of that department was to help organize uh, funding and and programs for the aging at both at the state level and at the county level. In many cases, you know, the funding for county level programs comes from the state. And so we have a program, you know, we have um, the lottery program, which is solely directed to services for, for older persons and, and handicapped persons. But it's, it's unlike many other states where uh, lottery funds are used for, for other purposes rather than helping seniors. So it wasn't that big a stretch when we, in 1962, he and a partner uh, purchased a, a nursing home. And so, as you said, for the first 20 years or so, we were predominantly in the nursing home field uh, under the name of Leader Nursing Rehabilitation Center. But um, we also did have some early versions of assisted living at that time, uh, even though it wasn't, a, it wasn't a licensed healthcare setting in Pennsylvania yet. And, and eventually, uh, I know I'm glossing yeah. over an awful lot, but eventually, uh, I believe your father retired from the business at about age 80, and then you took over, or you took over somewhere along the line. He did. Uh, he reached 80 in 1998 and um, started another company, 
you know, he didn't play golf. I wish he had some <laughs> sometimes, but uh, he he started another company, and that was Providence Place. And he, he great, he he loved what he did. He he just loved to work, and uh, not because it was hard work; it was joy for him. He loved to bring um, joy and purpose and and uh, a better health to the, to the residents, and that became Providence Place. And he actually ran that until about a month before he died at age 95, about 10 years ago. So, and I became the CEO. And then, um, as I said, it's a family-owned company, and it's now in the third generation. I'm really proud to say that my niece, Meredith Mills, on January 1 of this year, uh, succeeded me as the CEO of the company for 25 years. And not that you're golfing either. Right? We, you know, you and I got together on Zoom to sort of prepare for this conversation, and I, I could tell you were still in the office for Country Meadows. <laughs> I enjoy what I do too. Uh, I get uh, very rewarding work, and yes, I'm now uh, I have a new title, executive chairman, and that allows me. Uh, I still have an office, and I um, uh, can go out and spend more time now in the field and visiting our campuses, talking to residents, talking to staff, and seeing um, how we can we can improve things, because that's what you want to do all the time. You never want to sit on your laurels. You need to keep working. And, of course, the last two and a half years have been very difficult for, for all of us, uh, not just those in healthcare, but all, especially for older persons. And uh, so we're, we're really happy that we're emerging from that pandemic period now. I'm sure you are. That, that was a, a test for a lot of industries, but especially yeah. with, with people who have uh, maybe com uh, compromised immunity and, yes. and other conditions, just very, yeah. very heightened concern. Well, I'll tell you, from the perspective of an elder law attorney, I, when I'm making recommendations to families for care options or, or things to keep in mind, one thing I tend to be focused on is a change of ownership. And, and we do try at Keystone Elder Law to stay, uh, you know, with a, with a finger on the pulse of what's going on in various care industries, because once you have a change of ownership, it tends to have a ripple effect. It causes often a turnover of staff. And if that happens, then the care is not as consistent or attentive as it once was. So you better believe that's going to uh, affect my thoughts on on that particular place as an option. So the consistency of of ownership and management and your personal touch means a lot. And you know we're going to come back from a, a break and get into more of what that means uh, in a moment. But uh, I, I'm speaking today with Michael Leader of Country Meadows. You are listening to the Later in Life Planning Show on News Radio WHP 580. Now, more of the Later in Life Planning Show here on News Radio WHP 580. We're back on the Later in Life Planning Show. This is Patrick Cauley of Keystone Elder Law. My guest today is Michael Leader of Country Meadows. Michael, before the break, I think you really tied that together well that your your father, I mean, I love the fact that he really it came from a root of seeing older people out in rural Pennsylvania and how they were caring for each other. And you still hear from a sort of cultural perspective that we should be caring for for people, you know, this this aversion I think I, I sense from some people about going into a community of some sort or, you know, I'm never going to put my parent in the home. That That's something along those lines. But this all came from a place where, you know, that's, the, that's what you're trying to, uh, I guess, mimic you're trying to recreate that feeling of we're taking care of our own and so forth and by being a family-owned business throughout the years uh politics came up for your father mm -hmm. but his his commitment to that ideal uh never wavered and so 
you know, I just think that that's a perfect through line showing that this was his his vision from the start. Yes, I would say you're right in that the goal of of any senior living community, uh, whether it's a personal care or a, a, a assisted living or even even a skilled nursing to some extent, is to is to make it make it a home. Uh, we want people to feel comfortable, even though we are a licensed healthcare entity. Uh, there are so many things that you can do to make, and people want, you know, I think they want to make friends and, and we, we try to make that as easy as possible in the most popular, one of the most popular activities at country meadows is happy hour, not because people crave to come and have alcoholic beverages because half of them probably don't, you know, they drink soda or juice, but because it's a time when they can, they can make friends, they can see friends, they can get together and it's a really popular activity, as are other things that where they come together and, and just socialize. Socialization, to me, apart from the physical nature of, you know, physical aspects of what we do to keep people healthy, socialization is maybe the greatest benefit of all of, of a residential community like uh, Country Meadows. Well, I think one of the most tragic parts of uh, the COVID pandemic, and you alluded to this before the break, was the isolation. And that was yes. such a challenging time because in many communities, and I'm not going to, you can speak to how it went with Country Meadows, but especially with skilled care facilities, it was, uh, they weren't even seeing their their uh, their family members, but they also weren't seeing each other as much because it was almost like they were confined to their room for a period of time. That was the thinking at the time. Maybe that's the best way to keep everybody safe. But then we saw the, the medical effect of isolation, that the effect that that psychology has on the body of you know the need to be around other people yes. and enrich your life, absolutely. And and thank goodness those days are behind us now because of of both the vaccine and the antiviral medications like Paxlovid and uh, Molnupiravir, which are um, for someone who's got COVID, it, they can be very very effective in in reducing and maintaining and and the uh, symptoms of it. Right. And and so, you know, just getting back to what life is like now and and I think the effect of the consistency of family ownership at Country yeah. Meadows, I, I happened to speak recently with uh, some of your your all star staff, just super friendly people at Country Meadows of West Shore or Mechanicsburg. That just happens to be closest to where I live and where my office is. But I was learning about one thing that really stuck out to me because this is we're, we're now experiencing in any industry. I don't care what kind of work you do. Uh, the labor market is tight. You know, you, there's turnover and then it's hard to fill jobs. But one thing that stood out, 14 employees there at Country Meadows of Just Mechanicsburg, 14 who have been there over 15 years, 14 who have been there from 10 to 15 years. 35 employees who have been there for over five years. And I'd say that has something to do with the consistency of ownership by the leader family. I mean, you might point to other factors and so forth. Like, I also hear the food is very good. People <laughs> rave about the every, I guess, over 90% of the food there is made from scratch and there's fresh cookies every day for the residents. You're going to have to remind me to fill out an application before we leave today. But but I think that that's just really remarkable that you have such high retention rates, which in turn is just wonderful for the people who need that support and care. Absolutely. Uh, the staff are a huge piece of, success, of the success of any retirement community. Um, I would say probably 90% of, of what you achieve is, is, has nothing to do with the building itself, but it's all about the staff. We are 
thankful that for having such a uh, an experienced staff who've been with us because what it takes to be uh, a good caregiver is not just skills, it takes compassion and energy. So it's, it's not an easy job, but uh, to have so many people who've been with us for uh, 10, 15, 20, 25 years uh, on a campus is a, a wonderful asset because they not only become, you know, the, they're not only the caregivers, the nurses, the, the, what do you call them, personal care assistants or residential care assistants or certified nursing assistants, but they're also, uh, you know, help with medications, they help with treatments. Their smiles, um, their hugs, their friendship um, are help to make it a special place and help to make it home. True. And when you bring on people, there's, I mean, you, you mentioned that they have to have compassion. That's something you can't really train. Uh, but they're, they, they have to also direct their compassion in the same direction that you, as the, the family running this business for so long, are, are directing it. Is there a defining mission or vision that you have for Country Meadows? And, and I guess as a, a follow-up to that question, how do you, how do you get caregivers um, to to see that that's that's really the core of the business? That's why you exist, and to really uh, pursue that same mission with you. Well, we we talk about hiring for attitude and training for skills. So when we find people with good attitude, and they come from all all missions in life. I mean, we've had we have teachers and and uh, people who've been in uh, many many different occupations who decide at some point in their lives that they want to work with seniors. So if you, if you enjoy being around seniors and you have the energy and the compassion to work with together and work with them, uh, you can be successful because we can train you for the skills. There's, there's so much more training today that we can do and specialization than we did uh, 20 or 25 years ago. So we now have specialization in not only the clinical aspect of the caring for their physical uh, uh, care, but we have it as well in caring for people who have cognitive losses due to um, memory care, memory loss. And so we can do more for people. And so what we try to do is, is, is place them in the place where, where they work best, where they want to be, and, and where they can have the best and most rewarding relationships with, with our residents. And so I think that's, that's an important part of it too. But we strive for quality. We, we are, are proud to do of what we do. We want our coworkers to be proud, and, and therefore, um, if you like what you do and you feel comfortable working and proud to work for a particular employer, you're going to stick around. Makes sense. Yeah. And you know, there's as I counted, there are ten country meadows communities throughout South Central and Eastern Pennsylvania, and I will commend yeah. you on your website. It's just a fabulous resource. Um, but as I look at these ten communities, um, you know what. What would you say to people? Because maybe I guess the best way to start is I was going to ask sort of the what what's available there for the people out in the community who are thinking about a commu- moving into a, a country meadows type place in the future. And I guess that gets into well, you have independent living, and then there's personal care. So maybe you can you can yep. start people like what what are the first questions they should be asking if they think you know this sounds like a nice place to be when. Uh, maybe I don't want to take care of my house anymore. Maybe I maybe I'm a little worried about being by myself in the house. Um, and, and a community like this, being around other people, making friends, sounds good to me. What are some of the next pieces of information people should be seeking out? Well, I would say uh, 
understand the different levels of care. As you said, independent living. And independent living is really independent living with services. The services include uh, meals, uh, housekeeping, uh, social and activities program, as I mentioned, the happy hour, uh, transportation if someone needs it, um, and, and response in uh, 24-7 to an emergency. So if somebody wakes up and, and, and is sick, uh, feels like they might be having a heart attack, someone can respond and, and help to figure out what to do next. But um, the best way to find out about a place is not is what start with the website. But we all know that websites can be deceiving. Sure. Take a visit. Come and visit. Visit. Don't just visit Country Matters. Visit others. And and walk around. And I tell people when they ask me, how do I choose a good assisted living or personal care home? I say, use your senses. Use your, your eyes, your your nose, your, your, your taste. Um, uh, there shouldn't be pervasive odors that uh, throughout the building. Um, people should look like they're enjoying life there. Staff should be friendly. Uh, they should smile and acknowledge you when you walk by. Food's really important to me, so uh, stay for a meal. Stay for a meal if you can. At least look at the menu. Is it something you would enjoy uh, or your loved one would enjoy? You think your loved one would enjoy? And how is it, how is it prepared Is it and presented? Is it, uh, is it in a pleasant dining room uh, with, uh, you know, that looks clean? Um, you know, there's nothing like going out and, as they say, kicking the tires and seeing for yourself. Uh, and, and you get a sense of what's available there. True. And I think through yeah. through the website, at least I mentioned that, it's countrymeadows.com. That can give you some contact information. That can allow you to uh, to set up that tour and have somebody explain yeah. and answer your answer your questions, explain what's yes. available. Uh, so that's probably in there's, there's a resource center tab that just has articles on a range of topics from talking with aging parents, whether somebody should be driving communication with a person who has dementia. It really just covers a range of reasons. There's videos on all kinds of topics. It really just has a lot of information, but I think you're right. I mean, you go and you, you see with your senses, you, you do detect the smells, the, the, the smiles the, that you can, you can pick up on the atmosphere of the place. So when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the uh, some of the, the specifics of each level of care and so forth. But again, uh, this is countrymeadows.com. My guest today is Michael Leader of Country Meadows. And I will remind everybody that at keystoneelderlaw.com, we try to be a resource as well. And, and the workshops that we do pretty much every week are a great way to start understanding the foundation of estate planning and asset protection We'll be back in a minute. This is the Later in Life Planning Show on News Radio WHP 580. Welcome back to the Later in Life Planning Show on News Radio WHP 580. Here's Patrick Colley. We're back on the Later in Life Planning Show on News Radio WHP 580. My guest today is Michael Leader of uh, Country Meadows Retirement Communities. And before the break, Michael, you were talking about. Uh, some of the benefits of socialization and what independent living looks like and all of the services that go with it. By the way, I noticed on the website, countrymeadows.com, that uh, they tend to be pet-friendly communities. There's even a pet care coordinator. I, I, I Again, I need to sign up for this because that alone is one area where I could use an awful lot of help. But um, and, and people can have their car if they're, if they're an independent living. They're not, you know, they're not in prison. This is a place where they can they can park their car and and so forth. But um, let's talk about the other levels of care because, for example, you know there is a difference actually in Pennsylvania between personal care and assisted living. It's really more a matter of licensing with the state, but functionally there may not be 
that much of a difference for now. But you can you talk to me about what personal care looks like at uh, Country Meadows? Yes, personal care is uh, a level that was uh, unique to Pennsylvania. Uh, most other states use the term assisted living, and we use now both assisted living and personal care. And uh, personal care provides uh, a level of support in addition to the services I mentioned for independent living with services. It includes assistance with activities, what we call activities of daily living, some bathing, dressing, grooming, things that if, if the resident needs it, uh, helping with um, meal preparation, preparation both from the standpoint the meal is, is, is prepared by a professional chef, but um, it also, if someone needs to have some have their steak or their chicken cut for them, that can be easily done. So there are any number of things that we uh, might cover for, that make life a little easier and help for someone. And transportation is another one, for instance. So not just transportation to, to the doctor and, or to the dentist, but transportation um, out to lunch uh, with some friends, uh, transportation to a local museum or to a state park in the spring and summer and outside and, and just being outside and, and, and walking, but maybe walking with a staff member to make sure that, you know, you, you don't fall. And so it's those things that uh, go into personal care. And the same things go into assisted living. Although assisted living also has some additional requirements, the apartments themselves, um, a little more, um, a little more um, support from the standpoint of, um, uh, kitchenettes, um, some additional requirements for nursing staff. Although many personal care homes, and especially Country Meadows, we have nurses around the clock. We, are, or we strive to have nurses around the clock. Uh, occasionally, sometimes we may have a shift when we don't. Try to have a, a shift manager who's very uh, competent and to be there. But uh, So there's a couple of staffing requirements, but they're largely the same. And, and again, from the perspective of an elder law attorney trying to explain personal care and assisted living to people, you know, there's from the outside that might not look like there's a whole lot of difference. But those of us in the elder law world were very excited this past week because uh, and we'll get into, you know, what's available to pay for all of this care uh, in terms of benefits and so forth. But historically in Pennsylvania, Medicaid is available to pay for skilled care, the highest level of care. It, it offers some options if you're at home, but really it's meant for skilled care. Well, someone just introduced legislation. Uh, State Senator Michelle Brooks introduced a bill to extend Medicaid to assisted living. And, and, and I think that's so important because everything you just described about uh, where the level of, of help might be a little higher with activities of daily living, getting out of bed, getting dressed, using the bathroom, uh, remembering to take medication. Yes. This is what, you know, we tell people, when is it time? Well, when it's no longer safe. You know, everybody wants to maybe to stay at, at home as long as they can, but there comes a time where a country meadows can help you get through those activities of daily living, and then you're on your way and you're living your best life. But But when it's not safe to do that at home, that's what you offer, but but it sure would it would be even better if if in assisted living, if Medicaid were available as an additional payment option. But we'll see where yeah. that legislation goes. It has a long road ahead of it. And along with assisted living and personal care uh, at Country Meadows, you also offer uh, memory care. So could you tell me a little bit about yeah. that? Yes. But just before I go to memory care, I want to say thank you for for reminding me that. 
assistance with medications is a really important service that we provide in assisted living because those of us who take uh, more than uh, a half dozen medications, and I'm one of them, uh, know that it's uh, we probably at some time or other have made a mistake in taking medication at the wrong time or in the wrong dose. And one of the things that we, we emphasize and can do for someone, and some of our residents take uh, 10 or 12 medications, is, is take that burden off of them and off of their family and, and, their, uh, and handle it with our, our caregiving team. So memory care, memory care is one of the things that, that uh, we specialize in. Uh, memory care is for people who sometimes, uh, you know, a family member is caring for someone who's got memory loss at home and becomes totally exhausted. Uh, absolutely. Uh, we have couples come to us where the, the healthy spouse is no longer healthy because, you know, they can't sleep at night. Um, they, they're just totally consumed by the care of their loved ones. So, um, they can come to us with, with the, uh, assurance that we have trained staff, people who are trained to, to help reduce frustration and anxiety um, of the memory loss uh, for, for people who, who feel that uh, and have that, 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 that challenge. And, you know, we strive to make things to simplify life and to provide them with a natural life uh, and participate in, in the same kinds of things that, that, uh, you and I would, uh, but at a, at a, a scaled-back version so that they can be successful. So instead of um, doing activities that uh, are more challenging intellectually, they do them you know, a little lower level. And they, they, they go do ex-fitness, and they do walking, and they um, enjoy music and movies and the same things, but they have, um, we have more cueing, so make sure that... Uh, People know when these activities take place, uh, make sure that, uh, that they get balanced meals and are served things that they enjoy. Um, it, and our staff, again, are especially are trained um, to do that. We used to think that staff members would have to be switched out uh, after a few months there because it's, it's more challenging working with people who, who have memory loss sometimes. And we found that that wasn't the case at all, that the people who who are um, assigned to that area or, you know, love that work. Uh, they find, they make great connections with the residents and their families and, and they don't want to leave. They, they stay in that work and uh, we're, we're glad that they do because they, they are really making a big difference in the lives. It's a huge yeah. difference yeah. for, like you said, the, the, the family member who has tried doing this at home and is exhausted. I mean, when when in dementia, the days and nights get mixed up, the, the person with dementia is up in the middle of the night, meaning the caregiver never gets to sleep. And yes. there are public health statistics about the impact on the longevity, and it's not good, of the usually spousal caregiver who's trying to keep up with, with care and support for someone with dementia. But it's just, it gets to be brutal if it's a one-person job, whereas at Country Meadows, you have, and, and really any memory care, you have people around the clock. And, and I think you're right, that level of compassion goes even further when, with memory care because yes. the, the patience it takes to, uh, to you know, if somebody is 
Uh, they forget that you did something for them, and so are they, maybe they're grumbling or complaining, and, and you have to remind them in the most patient way possible, yeah. and, and it doesn't do any good to, to yeah, get frustrated yeah. with them. So, of course, the, you know, the, this yeah. is caregiving with a, an exceptional level of patience involved. Exactly. So, and again, I just wanted to add that, you know, memory care, if we're talking about when sh- somebody should be considering this, I mean, for me, it's at least when when it's just not safe at home anymore. That's right. Uh, some of the signs of memory care, uh, memory loss, that are concerning are when someone um, is driving, still driving and can't find their way home uh, or uh, goes for a walk and gets lost uh, or goes to the supermarket uh, when you're shopping together and uh, gets lost <laughs> and you can't find them and spend... 15 minutes coming the aisles to find them. My wife and I um, had experience with a friend who uh, we went on a vacation with. And um, when she went to the restroom, we thought she was going to be coming back to us because she knew where we were. And it, it took us um, nearly an hour to find her because she left in the museum and, and got lost. And uh, we had, um, you know, we were really concerned about that. But fortunately, that turned out well. But that's another example of something that can happen. Right, something that that could really go to yeah. safety, and then this is yeah. just maybe a sign that you know. Yeah. Again, start taking a tour, start looking at what resources are there. And CountryMeadows.com has an awful lot of good information about communicating with such a person and planning for their care. We'll be back in a moment. This is the Later in Life Planning Show on News Radio WHP five eighty. It's the Later in Life Planning Show here on News Radio WHP five eighty. Now your host, Patrick Colley. We are back on the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. My guest today is Michael Leader of Country Meadows Retirement Communities. We've been talking about the levels of care available at Country Meadows, from independent living with services to personal care, assisted living, and memory care most recently. And, you know, I was reminded, as you were you were telling a story, uh, Michael, I was reminded, too, of you know, if there's any way to prepare for this, what I don't want from my perspective is for people to be knocking on the door of Country Meadows and saying, uh, we're in a crisis and and having done no legal or financial planning. And of course, I don't do financial planning for a living, but that's that's also very important. Start building up your resources, knowing that the the later years of life have costs and challenges. But at Keystone Elder Law, we're, we're building that shield in terms of having a good power of attorney so somebody can sign the entrance agreement, so somebody can make sure that your funds are available for whatever community or resource is uh, is there to support you in your later years of life, and of course, if if skilled care comes into the picture, then you know the cost right now is is at least thirteen thousand dollars a month, and so Medicaid might be available there for you, but that that takes some asset protection that that takes a lot of steps. So again, the resources at uh, Keystone Elder Law are available to help get ready for that. But Michael, as as people are thinking about, okay, I, I really like the idea of what, what you're describing at Country Meadows, what are the various ways that they're going to pay uh, for their, their stay and their care at, at Country Meadows? Well, one of the ways that uh, some people pay for their care is through long-term care insurance, and that's a good source. Um, but uh, there's a lot of confusion, too, about the government funding. When you mentioned Medicare and Medicaid. There's still a lot of confusion that Medicare will pay for something other than um, acute care, which it does, and skilled nursing care, which it does, 
To a degree. To a little bit, to yes. To a degree. It does not pay for assisted living or personal care, unfortunately. Um, and in Pennsylvania, you mentioned that Medicaid does not cover personal care or assisted living. Um, there is another program that is not that well-known, and that's the VA benefits. For those who have served in, during time of war, and you don't have to have been in combat, veterans who have served during time of war, or their spouses, and or their spouses, they may be eligible for VA Aid in Attendance. The program is called Aid in Attendance, and that's a, a very important program to remember. But if somebody, you know, it's not that people totally run out of money. Um, if, if some have a, have a property that they may not have sold. They may keep it uh, for rental purposes. But so if, if they have already sold their, their home, for instance, um, they they probably running short of money. Uh, family members may help, but, and some providers have benevolent funds. Country Medics does have a benevolent fund. And so often we can help make up the difference uh, either through uh, benevolent care funding or through uh, the VA attendance. One thing I strive to reassure people and to reinforce among our staff members is we don't want to leave anyone um, out there hanging out there by themselves. We want to work with them, work with their families, and help them find um, a, a, a solution to the funding problem. Uh, it may mean going to a, a another facility, another uh, a community, a lesser price, or to moving to a skilled care facility which has Medicaid coverage if they qualify for that. But um, you know, we want them country med as their home for for the rest of their lives if that's where they want to stay. Yeah, just the existence yeah. of benevolent funds tells me that nobody's in this business, no. you know, uh, to to kick someone out as no. soon as they can't pay. I mean, no. it, there's there's every level of commitment to keeping them there. Uh, but you're right. I mean, at some point, I guess there's there are other options that need to be explored. But I guess one other thing is contrasting country meadows with, uh, say, a, th- a three-level continuing care retirement community. So we have a couple of those in the listening area. And usually people there, you're selling your house just as your entrance fee. And then there's a monthly fee after that. Uh, but Country Meadows doesn't work that way. It's it's month to month. There's an amount that, that people, but you're not That's buying right. in. That's right. You don't buy in. It's, it's called a fee for service or a rental mount model. Uh, it, it may vary according to you, it will vary according to your, the level of care that you require. But but unlike where we were 20 or 25 years ago, assisted living and personal care communities today can provide some of the services that you used, used to have to go to a nursing home for. You know, we, we have some fairly sophisticated um, medical programs that we can work with. With having our own trained nursing staff, they can, they can do treatments. Uh, people can have... Um, um, uh, oxygen concentrators, for instance, if they need it, uh, we can do treat, we can help people with, um, insulin injections and that sort of thing. So there's, it, that doesn't mean that, uh, the fact that we don't have a skilled care facility on campus, that we can't care for some of those, um, higher level medical issues that people and, have. And I think it's so important that you point, point out that what used to be sort of it maybe more black and white, maybe what back in your father when he when he first started it, it was either, you know, you're caring, uh, you know, in rural Pennsylvania at home or you're going into the, the nursing home. And I, along the way, what you've described that what has evolved as a model of care and support looks an awful lot more like home 
than it than it does the hospital. And and that's just I, I think that's an important message just because so many people get it stuck in their head what they saw two decades ago, three decades ago, and they've already written it off as no way am I going there because it just seems so clinical or or institutional. And and everything you've described is the opposite of that. I think that's why people should stop in and visit, uh, when, not when they have a, a need, but when they, they have curiosity and, and can plan ahead. Just as like having a, a will and a, an advanced directive and a, a, a health care power of attorney is, is good planning as well. Right. Long before you need it. And how about the couples that, uh, you know, married couple, let's say one one is is uh, has health declining maybe faster than or, or has limitations that the other one does not have. Can they live together at a place like Country Meadows? Under some circumstances, they can. Absolutely. Um, we can provide services or they can live they can live apart on the same campus if the spouse who needs some additional services, whether they be cognitive or, or health care. Um, but, but we make every attempt to keep people, couples together. Uh, on the same campus. Yeah, and I was again, I was speaking with your folks at the Mechanicsburg campus, and um, sometimes there's that you know that feeling that the spouse must live with the the one who is in memory care, for example. Well, if we're getting into maybe a different environment, you have to keep in mind that that, that I think there's that promise that people hold to that I will care for my spouse, and there comes a time maybe to to let the professional caregivers be caregivers and you be the spouse. And, and be free to live a little bit and be that'll allow you to be a better spouse. But it, it's a, it's kind of a tight line to, to walk with some people. It is. And it's different for different people. Uh, you know, uh, you can spend all day with your spouse if you choose, but you could spend, you know, several hours, but then go out and do some things for yourself as well. If you choose to do that and leave the professional caregivers in charge for that period. Right. I mean, that's that's sort of the the benefit of having the having backup, having that level of support. And throughout the episode, I have uh, made some references to uh, some legislation, some uh, funding sources like Medicaid and and uh, veterans benefits. I've spoken about this a little bit in the previous episodes, which you can find at WHP580.com in the podcast menu. You will find the later in life planning show. But I'm going to talk about this in upcoming episodes as well, some some flaws in the system, if you will, some changes that might be afoot in the legislature, this constant effort to make life better for older Pennsylvanians, ways that we can evolve, just as Michael Leader has seen the Country Meadows organization evolve to, to provide a higher and better level of care. So I hope you'll join me for future episodes of the Later in Life Planning Show where we're going to go into these little wrinkles and maybe it'll make you a better voter, but I I really hope it makes you just a better uh, caregiver for your family members, a better consumer of of resources and, and know what's out there. That's really the whole driving point behind this show is to raise questions that might not be obvious to you and then to show you some solutions that are out there. So that's what we're going to do. And in the meantime, I hope you'll check out KeystoneElderLaw.com, where with the workshops tab, you can sign up for our next uh, weekly webinar. They're pretty much weekly. One talks about middle class estate planning and asset protection. The other one gets into the levels of care and takes a deep dive on how you pay for each level and what you can be doing even now when you're healthy to prepare for that eventuality and know what resources are available and how you're going to pay for it. Michael Leader, thank you so much for your time and and your insights today on the Later in Life Planning Show. 
been my, it's been my pleasure. I hope people feel better and a little better informed about the profession that has uh, consumed the better part of my life. Well done. Well done. Thank you all for listening, and I hope you join us next week here on News Radio WHP 580.